Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Uh, I am Dave, and I'm the uh, mall matron of the morning today for you, and I'm here with... Don, and uh, I'm just following Dave's lead. Whatever he says, I just try to fill in the stories. So we're, uh, we're here just to have a good time talking shop about shopping centers, malls, the enclosed malls of the 80s, the rat packs, the, the things that you find interesting, and basically all the things that go along with the, the city central. And Don, today I was wondering what we should talk about, but I was thinking... You know, the first time I was ever on a lift in a mall, and I was thinking through some of the variety that can exist there, but I remember what I didn't realize sitting on the ground and looking up at the roof of my mall in the court was that it was, I, I, I could tell how high it was, but then I got up on this articulating boom lift, you know, one of the ones that reaches out and sways up. We were trying to change some cathode lighting up there, some some kind of neon style lighting, and I remember getting up there like, oh, I'm... I'm a big boy. I can get up there. Totally fine. And I am a bigger guy. I probably was 250 or 260 at the time. So getting on this thing, no big deal. We get up to 15, 20 feet. No big deal. We articulate out. All of a sudden, I'm at 45 feet, and I'm articulated out. And the thing is swaying like crazy. And, I, you know, I had to really uh, kind of self-get myself uh, back into place So because I didn't realize how much those uh, – those, uh, those, those, uh, lifts sway back and forth and uh, it made me think a little bit of my uh, my son this week is at science camp you know sixth grade science camp and they had a big tall copes ladder there and, and you have to climb up to it but he's my one kid that has you know afraid of heights and so it made me think of my first ever lift because he went up halfway and he i got a picture of it and i thought man he's already twice as high as i expected him to get because uh, he's looking down on the teacher that's taking the picture and and uh so I'm hopefully going to get the good story on whether he made it. But it made me think of being stuck up there, you know, changing lights at the, on your tippy toes on the top of a swaying lift. When you talk about those lights and those lifts, those buckets do sway a lot. I'm bigger than you. When I was up there, a whole lot of sway. I went out there one day. They were trying to hang some Christmas decor, and I had a, a maintenance guy who had put some milk crates on inside the bucket to make them a little bit taller, and he was actually standing almost over the side rails trying to get stuff up. I put a stop to that. But, you know, the people who design malls never had to change a light bulb because they put some light bulbs. We had some lights that we had to build scaffolding to get to because it was impossible to get to with a lift. And that's before the LED lights. So they did go out. Yeah, it was like what, what was the what was the burn rate about every? You still have light at three three years, but that's only in in appearance, not in actual production. Yeah, and I tell you what, there's there was uh, there's no easy way to change lights that are over over fountains or or you know that that uh, upcast lights, and in, in uh, at, at peaks. I mean, it, when I looked where they put the lights, I just thought someone had to hate. The, the people that uh, that designed these. One of the nicer things as I got later on in my career was I got to help pick out some of the design elements, including furniture. And, and you know, f- mall furniture has a hard life. And so we were looking for some new mall furniture, and I was at this. It was a big agency in Atlanta, and I had told them I wanted uh, samples of the different materials they wanted to put in. And so when I got there, they had these squares that were maybe like 12 by 12, and I asked for a pair of scissors because I said, I want to see how durable these things are. And so I was taking the scissors and I was raking them right across the, you know, the, the sample. And <clears throat> no one said anything the first day. And, you know, some I threw out immediately that we weren't going to use because some, some of it is accidental. But sometimes kids do get in there and, you know, it's important to leave a message about who you love. And, uh, you know, or yeah. the date that you were there. So yeah. you know, all the time. All yeah. the time. Yeah. At that moment. That's yeah. right. So uh, it uh, it. 
uh, you know, a lot of the stuff didn't make the the first pass, if you will, first cut. <laughs> no, no, ten, yeah, no, no pun intended. <laughs> so the second day we started going, and uh, the the lady that was in charge of the agency went over and said, you know, we really don't mind that you're breaking that, but could you do it over the corner? We want to use these these samples again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, By the way, every one of these panels <laughs> cost two hundred and forty dollars. Yeah. 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 Well, someone could have told me the day before. I wasn't trying to be that that, that difficult, and I just thought, well, it's a it's a foot long. I'll make a foot swipe on it, so don't go. Uh, you, you know, the, the when you talk about the designs of malls, you know, usually they're designed in such a way that they want them to be appealing and, and, and draw attention. We had a sky, lot of skylights at one of our malls, and, and uh, it was in an area where there was snow. So snow and ice would build up on the glass. It would melt. It would cause icicles. And then the icicles would break, and it was a, a rubber membrane roof, and it would puncture holes then. Oh, that's awesome. So, so just one so of those things. One of the awnings that, that's self, self-puncturing. self that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it was designed by a roofing contractor because he oh. said, how, how can I get continual work? <laughs> yeah, and, forever. Uh, we were, one day we were in the office and we got a call that said, uh, it was, this was when cell phones were, were, had, had come about. Someone was pulling in the mall and saw someone sliding down our, our uh, roof, playing on the roof. And so I got on the radio, and I called our maintenance guy, and I said, uh, someone needs to go check. There's someone up there playing on the roof. He said, that was me. I just fell. It's slick up here. <laughs> and she had seen him going down the, down the roof and thought, thought it was a kid up there playing around. So you Well, you know, you know what's funny is, is I had a property where the parking garage and one of the roof lines was actually fairly close at the, like, you know, the third level of the parking garage. And, and we got, I think, Two, two or three times. In fact, we even eventually built like a wood barn door that could sit up against this edge of the of the the roof line because kids were literally jumping from because it was fairly close proximity, jumping from the parking garage onto the roof and then goofing around and then jumping back. And and it was like, well, who designed this? You know, like you literally built a twenty four million dollar garage and you put it six inches from the roof, like, and didn't think of that? Like, nope. But, uh, yeah, no, and you catch them, you know, looking around and looking down the skylights. Or, you know, the other funny thing is, uh, did you ever have a mall that uh, had any huge snowpack? Like, like, because you, you mentioned the icicles, but I had a, I had a, a power center, a lifestyle center, but just a power center. Um, and I think, I don't even remember what state it was in. Oh, I do remember. But uh, I got a random call. I was out of state, and I got this random call on, like, a Thursday. And it was from the National Ops team and was like hey we've got an issue coming down at your property there and i was like i like it's a power center what do you got going on it's like well there's a huge snowstorm coming and i'm already in a market that has snow and i'm like so like we have a snow contractor who cares no 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 no. it's gonna be like five feet in two days kind of snowstorm and i was like you can see that you know like most of the time they tell you it's gonna be a lot of snow and like i mean let's be real no it really was like five feet of snow and two days and and i had never seen uh a roofing bend you know like the inside of the store so one of those major stores was a grocery store and i remember talking to their asset management team because we were all together on this and they sent a picture and you could literally see the sway between the columns of of just the sheer mass of there and then we we later figured out that the building was built, I don't remember how old it was, but it was built in like the pounds per foot ratio of the roof was like 28 pounds per foot. But the modern day code for roofs in that market was like 44 pounds per foot. So we were 
20 pounds underneath it. And I remember them going on the roof and at, at one point, so we're a couple hours into the storm, already a foot, foot and a half has come down. And we're literally saw cutting out a, a, a block of snow, lifting it up and, and weighing it. Or, or, or we're actually we're measuring it. So it's like one foot by one foot by one foot, she weighed this much. Da, da, da. And we, we figured out that already like two hours into it, we were like 33 pounds per foot. And we're going, well, that's bad calculation. We're already over that. And and then eventually, you know, we were getting up to 40. We were up in the 40s uh, pounds per foot. But uh, we used to joke that anyone that worked at the that was at the university that was off school that day, if they could fog a mirror and hold a shovel, we were like, here's 20 bucks an hour. Just get on the roof and shovel that way. You know, we're just like, just get it off the roof. And uh, there was a Walmart at, the, at this facility, and they had employed a crane. So they had a crane that would – drop a that would drop a um they would drop a uh a full tarp on the roof and then they had like six guys shoveling snow onto the tarp and then would crane the entire tarp over to the side dump it and then a truck would come by and take it and we just had like 40 people with shovels shoveling to the edge and it was a two different strategies ours was much more efficient actually i i got there looking at the crane like oh that's going to be way better but no, our just minuscule people with little things. I mean, we we almost pulled a, we almost had a a, a walk behind, uh, snow blower snow blower that we're just like just raise it up three inches and just run that way. Like we know there's no pipes, just go, and we we shoveled. We must have shoveled straight for almost two days, just shoveling off the building, and the sweeper truck would come sweep it away, and I think we ended up replacing two or three beams. And at least one glue lamb beam that just had bent and had busted a little bit because we didn't have any, you know, there was a there was a, a sewing goods store in town of a famous ilk that uh, that uh, I think it was the second time they had lost their roof in a snowstorm because I guess they just didn't teach their managers to check the roof for snow piles. But it was crazy. Do you, you ever have anything like that you had to deal with? Yeah, we've uh, shoveled lots of roofs. The problem is with those flat roofs, if when things melt. It, you get water, and then it freezes again, and that freezes the drains, and then you have uh, new snow on top of that. So, you know, it doesn't it doesn't drain off, so you get the weight. Ice is more is heavier than, than snow. And, no, there's been a lot of times where we've been uh, very, very proactive and uh, nervous, uh, crossing your fingers, fingers some on them and, and uh, making sure they go okay. You know, one of my first centers, um, well, it was probably my fourth center, was in Richmond, and uh, they didn't get a lot of snow in Richmond, and they got 13 inches of snow. And I had hired that's a, like a world record for Richmond. It was. <laughs> I had hired a snow contractor, but uh, the governor had declared a state of emergency, so my snow contractor was was uh, cleaning uh, roads. So I was in the office. Uh, it was a big uh, it was a big power center, and it was open. And we had a grocery store and some businesses that were actually very very busy because of the grocery uh, because grocery component. Which reminds me, after this, don't let me forget to tell you the story about uh, kids and kids on snow days. Oh, cool! But uh, anyway, I um, I was sitting there looking at it, and we had a U-Haul place behind us that had tractors, and they had a blade that uh, shovels on the front of them. And when I was in high school, I worked on a farm. I was very familiar with driving tractors. I was very familiar with the shovels on them and blades, and and so uh, I thought, well, I'm going to go rent that tractor for a couple hours and just go out there and clean my my parking lot so I put on every stitch of clothing I had because it was cold it was still snowing went over and got it I remember it was $75 an hour and I came over and got on the property and I I laid the the shovel down I never 
uh, I never had to push snow when I was on the farm. So this was sort of a new experience for me, but had the had the shovel down and I was sort of skimming, not quite on the asphalt because I wanted to be careful. And, and then you're still leaving, you know, like three inches. I, oh, no. So I, I changed the angle on the shovel so it was down, biting into the asphalt. So I get all the way down to scrape. And I'm, I'm really moving some snow. And I'm pretty impressed with myself. And I'm hoping that my tenants are looking out there. And I haven't covered up with so much clothes they don't realize it's me because this is their mall manager out there trying to take care of them. So um, I start going a little bit faster, a little bit faster, a little bit faster. Funny thing about malls that they don't have these on farms are speed bumps. <laughs> so the next thing I know is I had a speed bump. I went flying up over the wheel, uh, the steering wheel. Uh, luckily, I have a pretty good gut on me, so that stopped me from falling off the tractor. I grabbed hold of the side of it so I didn't fall under the wheels because I could have easily run over myself. <laughs> Farm and, accident on a mall property. <laughs> and and uh, I'm pretty sure I punctured a, a lung and a rib because it hurt like the dickens. You sure it wasn't the pride, <laughs> pride, pride hit pride, right pride, there? Pride was hit, was hit pretty That's bad, awesome. too. So, uh, I mean, I got back up in the seat, and I just did a big U-turn. It's funny because you could see where I'd come, and there was you know some packed snow. Then it got real clear, and then there was a who knows what it was. I mean, the people <laughs> came in after that had to go, wonder what happened here. And I returned the tractor within a matter of probably 15 minutes, and they said, there's no refund. I said, I could care less about that yeah. refund. Yeah, you, you keep it for the hour, my <laughs> friends. We're good. I went, uh, I went back in my office and looked to see if I had to push the ribs back in or if they were, just, if they were still underneath the skin. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I was not, uh, it was not my finest moment, but for a little while I thought I was, you know, I was, you know, it was funny how you went from hoping everyone sees you to, I hope no one saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> please no cameras, please no cameras, well, please the, no cameras. luckily that was before yeah, cameras. Yeah, luckily that before yeah. that. But it's, it's funny how just, you know, three seconds before it's like, oh, I hope they see me. Oh, you're, no. You're, <laughs> you're, su- you're super excited and now not so much. Well, you and you know, it's funny is I, I, I had a, I had a different experience where, um, I had thought I'd planned, you know, the season of snow removal. Great, you know, and the malls closed on Sun on Christmas Day. It was a, I don't know, it was a Wednesday or something or Thursday or I don't remember. But it was malls closed on, on Christmas Day. Well, Christmas Eve, it piles snow down, right? And my family was young at the time, so Christmas morning was kind of like 30 minutes of ripping presents and we were done. Like, that was it, you know. And so we had planned, my wife and I had planned that we would – We'd get up, do the presents thing real quick, load everyone in the car, and we'd drive over to my uh, my in-laws' house about three hours away. And we get up, do our thing, see that it's like snowed two feet outside or whatever it was, you know, 18 inches. And we're like, well, we can still make the freeway, so we'll make it through the neighborhood and make it to the freeway. We get all the way over there, and the freeway's closed, right? This is like Idaho, so it's like, you know, there's one freeway. That's it. And so we get there. And I, I'm like, oh man, the, it's closed. So we drive home, and I, and but the mall's closed, so I'm not worried about the mall having any issues. You know, we're we're good. You know, and then about 10 a.m., it struck me that yes, the mall was closed, but my out parcel movie theater was going to open at 11, and it was like we hadn't called. In fact, we'd even told on Christmas Eve our vendor like don't worry about christmas day because the the day after you could come clear before we reopen it's totally fine and i remember just having this incredible sinking feeling like oh no what have i done you know because there's literally a flat two-foot sea of snow across not a single thing has been plowed 
So I got in my uh, my 2000 Jetta, sweet <laughs> sweet snow car, uh, and I made my way blind around the entire outer loop of the mall back into the service area and I'm going like where's that speed bump where's the <laughs> where's the marker that says that that's where you should stop back here by the delivery and I made it back to the office enough to I could get the keys to our big V10 F150 or F350 whatever it was F350 that had the wing one wing plow and then like as fast as I could plow in under an hour, I did the outering roads, every entrance exit, and then I just went to the movie theater and it was just like started at the door and I cleared. And so my my uh, my Christmas morning was snow removal and then clearing that parking lot out. And as, sure enough, as soon as I'd clear a row of parks, people were pulling up to see whatever movie it was and, and just filling it in. And like I got done with that lot, and so I had the movie theater lot filled, and then I like cleared a little bit of the crossover lot, and all the outer ring road and the entrances, and I was like, all right, good. And then I drove that truck home to my house, and all the way down, I'm like, oh, you're shoveling your driveway? I just drive up, drop the plow, and drag it out to the street for him, and I just I played serviceman all the way home, and then I ended up. I ended up, which I then found out was illegal, but I ended up clearing our whole, my whole little cul-de-sacs roadway because I'm like, me and my neighbors are not getting locked out of this thing. We are, so there was this beautiful path entry to our cul-de-sac. The rest of the neighbors I left alone, but we, we had this beautiful crystal clear oasis in our little cul-de-sac. Was the name of the mall on the side of the truck? Of course it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah good, of course good, it was. Good, good, the, good, the good part was there was uh, one of the chiefs, uh, like one of the key deputies of the police department was in my cul-de-sac. So he was just out there going, yeah, man, I don't have to do it. Thumbs up while I drink his coffee. He was like, you're the man. Like, it wasn't that it was illegal. It was like, this is great. Like, anytime. So this is awesome. But it was, but a fun realization on Christmas Day, you know, for other miracles that happened. Well, I started in Kentucky. There wasn't a lot of snow in Kentucky. And for some reason, Virginia, that part of Virginia, Virginia did get a fair amount of snow, and the uh, not on maybe it was the same snowstorm, but they said where do you want to pile the snow? And I hadn't really thought about it, and I know a lot of things now that I didn't know then. But I said, well, just put it around the light poles because that way no one will hit a light pole. So they were pushing all the snow around the light poles. What I didn't know at that time was there's an access panel at the base of the light pole that allows people to work on the electrical wiring or repair the wiring, and while they are waterproof they're not really watertight so when you push that much snow up against them i was blowing out light bulbs and then wiring in those so there's <laughs> lots just of shorts lot, lots yeah. of shorts going on and then i realized ooh, you don't want to push it near the drains or you want to push it not on the drain but near the drains because if you make it 100 yards away and the lot slopes that way when it starts melting it all goes down and forms ice. At the end. So there was wow, you have a lot of PSAs today. For <laughs> yeah. this is a PSA from a mall life. PSA: Don't pile snow over your outlet covers for your lights, or or over your drains, or too far away from your drains. You wanted to get yeah, that. lots of lots of rules. In, uh, in Colorado, they actually brought in these big machines that melted the snow. So really? they would dump it in. It was cheaper than than trucking it off. And it was just, it was like a huge blowtorch, and they would dump the snow in and, just and, just, and then run it cook, right down cook the drain. It. Mm-hmm. It's like, and we get purified drinking water. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, and we used to take, um, we used to take uh, in, in the markets that had a lot of sun during the winter, so not really Chicago, but, uh, but you know, those other markets, we'd used to take the old farm hay covers, you know, the old banners you'd hang in the mall, and we'd be like, all right, just save the manners. Then we'd throw it over the pile of, the, of snow and rope it down because it would absorb the heat of the sun. And then it would melt melt the snow a little bit faster, too, which was kind of a side 
a side hustle for that. I had a boss one time uh, when I was in Utah who was from Florida, and he came out, and those snow piles are not what you call pretty after uh, they start oh, melting. Oh, they turn hideous. They're always oh, yeah. so pretty when they come down, though. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you pick up everything that's in the in the snow, and so, you know, especially after a couple days, it, once all the fresh snow, you know, they, they just look horrible. And, and uh, he said, is there anything you can do to make them white again? <laughs> I said, not really. You know? <laughs> white again. I, that's I, awesome. I, I can pay to truck them off, but you're not going to like seeing that bill because then you're paying for a truck driver, a dump truck, and a loader. So it gets – but, uh, you know, when you when you don't have to deal with it, you know, there's things that you see, too, that uh, – I mean, there were so many things that I learned from doing it or doing it wrong. But uh, that same center where uh, – I said I drove the tractor. They had a bowling alley there. It was the first center I ever had that had a bowling alley. And so I walked in there one day, and it was just a couple doors down from my office. And I go in there, and it's all old people bowling. It's the afternoon. And they're using bowling balls that look about the size of a softball. And the pins are very little. They're down at the other end, but it looked just like a bowling alley. And I thought, well, this is so cute. They do this for seniors, you know, that they're doing. <laughs> and then I found out that's called duck pin bowling, which is how bowling started. But I just thought this was something they did for seniors. You're and just like, you can't hold the 16-pound <laughs> ball anymore. <laughs> so here, have this four-pound yeah. thing. I was like, well, we'll have to do a marketing thing about this if they're helping yeah, the seniors. Yeah, help the seniors. You know, the oh, funny thing funny. about when they close schools, uh, we lived in North Carolina. and We watched them close schools because they said it might snow, and then it didn't snow. So, I mean, Ooh, you, you know, that's they, a free shopping day. But when it did snow and roads were closed and people were asked to stay home, we normally would open the mall. We didn't require tenants to be open. It was highly suggested. But, you know, you're not going to tell someone you have to risk life and limb. Some retailers are so dedicated and, and so worried about not hitting last year's numbers, they'll come in. But what amazed me is one time we had this, I think he was either 9 or 11. The mall had a, spare, a, a spiral staircase, and there was a landing maybe about – five six feet up and you know and then it, when it went up so it was, it, a, so it was a breaking you couldn't yeah. you couldn't slip and fall and then roll down the whole thing no, no. you had landing spots and yeah. it, there was glass around it and this this uh, boy climbed up on the handrail and jumped to impress a girl which is usually when something stupid you, happens usually the but, cause du jour yeah. yes uh, and broke both of his ankles and so this is before cell phones <laughs> Uh, our security responded. Uh, he said his mom dropped him off there. She had to go to work. So he was just supposed to hang out at the mall all day. So uh, we said, where does your mom work? And he wasn't quite sure. So we called the police. The police came. Police took custody of the child because here's a child that's obviously in pain. In pain. With, with broken ankles. And uh, they took him to the hospital. They called an ambulance, took him to the hospital. And the next day, the mom was in there complaining that we took him to a hospital that wasn't covered by her insurance. And we said, man, we think there's a bigger issue here. And that is that you left your I, – I, I can't remember if it was 9 or 11. But either way, too young to leave in the mall for all day and to, to think that we're going to babysit him. And when something like that happens, you know, pin something to his underwear that says what hospital he's supposed to go to or yeah, something. Yeah, or, or the, your phone number. You <laughs> yeah, know. that would have yeah. been good, too. Well, little, just little things, little <laughs> things. How to get a contact me, you know. I even make dog collars like that that <laughs> yeah. you can find, you know. Yeah, if, you, if if found, return to, you know. Well, yeah. they put microchips in dogs, you know. Yeah. They, they could yeah, have no, done the same thing. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not opposed to parenting with microchips. I know yeah. I don't get it. Well, talking about snow, that leads you into uh, Santa. And, you know, Santa's always such an interesting time. And it was always a contest of how early was too early mm, and, and how yeah. it was too late. And then, and then the, whole, the whole photo. But uh, one time, you know, a little, little pointer for those of you and people listening to this are probably in the industry. But, you know, the first day it opens, it's usually busy for a day or two. And then it falls off, maybe picks up you know, a day or two before Thanksgiving. And then you've got 
the first two two and a half weeks of December where you could go visit with Santa for an hour. A lot of yeah, there's usually there's usually a lot of free time, especially during the daytime, yeah, where you yeah, can yeah. spend some time. Yeah. And then when you get down to those last two or three days, you know, pack a lunch because you're going to be in line for a long time. I got a call from a friend of mine who was an air traffic controller, and he had a, a guy that worked with him that wanted to use Santa to help him get engaged. And he said, uh, uh, can he come down and can we cut in line so he doesn't have to wait in line? And it was December 23rd, and I said, uh, no, because yeah, wow. there, there will be a riot. Yeah. And I said, is he really a good friend? I said, yeah. And I said, well, you know what? I know when Santa takes a break, a lot of times someone from staff would go to, to lunch with him. And this was actually that night we were going to dinner. That night we were taking him to Chili's. And so Chili's was gracious. They would give him a free meal because they'd have Santa in the mall, and he'd order, and then he'd go work the crowd for a little bit. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and you know, it, it was that's a win. A, that's, that's, that's a big win for, right. yeah. It's, I mean, it's a yeah. win-win for both of us. We didn't have to pay for his meal. And so uh, I said, we'll be at Chili's. We'll be at Chili's at 6 or whatever time it was. Just tell him that, and we'll, we'll do it. So the guy came over and gave me the ring that he wanted Santa to give his uh, soon-to-be fiance that night. So he left it with me and said, we'll see you at the restaurant. Wow. Yeah, so it was a big honking diamond. It was a very, very nice ring. Like, like cutting glass. Yeah. Kind of like. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I called my friend, and I said, does this guy have a sense of humor? And he, he said, yeah. And I said, can I mess with him? He said, oh, please do. <laughs> so my admin at that time had a promise ring. Ooh. Which is a chip of a diamond. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> or, it's a thought of a diamond. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it is actually even a diamond, yeah. I don't want to cast cubic it zirconium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so we went down to the jewelry store, got another box, Ooh. put uh, put this promise ring in it. Then we went over, and so that night we didn't know it, but this guy had actually hired someone who was off on the side filming. This is before cell phones were, you know, you wouldn't have. So it was a quasi camcorder, right? Or hidden kind and of thing. And so. Uh, we go in, and I knew what he looked like now because he brought me the ring. So we gave Santa the real ring and the fake ring. So we get up, we start walking around the restaurant, and he's talking to everybody. He gets to that table, and he goes up to the girl and said, uh, what do you want for Christmas? And she said, oh, I, I don't know. And he said, well, you know, maybe he knows what you want for Christmas. So he looked at him and said, you know, what do you want for Christmas? And so he got up, got down on one knee, Santa handed him the ring, and he said, I want you to make me the happiest man. He's, it, was, it was beautiful. It was touching. I almost cried. And then uh, he opened the ring box, slid it towards her without looking inside, and I'm standing next to Santa. And she keeps looking down at the ring and looking at him like, is this a joke? You know, and, and then she goes, yes. And he thought, why is she saying Yes, instead yes. of yes. And he turned the ring around, saw what it was. He goes, my God, that's not the ring. And he fell out on the ground. And then Santa gave him the real one. But it was it was classic. Oh, uh, so Just, yeah. wow. And the nerves of that guy's just got to be <laughs> through the roof, too. So it's just like, oh, heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> so. I hope they're still happily married. So, uh, the, oh, that's awesome. Well, good use of Santa. I mean, hey, that's a side gig for Santa. And Santa gets to have fun. I've had some fun characters of Santa's where um, – you know, because they've evolved over the years, right? When you were sleeping, Santa, it was the fake beard and whatever else you could throw on on there. But they, there was some. I remember when I was in high school, my dad was in the industry, and I remember going to the the Santa arrival at the mall in Pennsylvania that he was running, and I remember meeting Santa. Like his driver's license said Chris Kringle, and he had probably the best Santa getup that I've ever still ever seen. I mean, it was custom to the nines and he, when he arrived he was chris kringle aka santa claus real beard 
holly jolly, rosy cheeks. I mean, just holding yards. And I remember afterwards, you know, and I was probably I had probably was pretty close to sixteen at the time, so I was just coming into coming into my own. I already didn't believe in Santa, but it was just this fake Santa was but was the real bearded, I mean, best Santa I'd ever seen. And still, to this day, I think pretty good. And I remember my dad saying, well, they have a school for Santas. And I was like, a school for Santas? He's like, no, seriously, it's in North Pole, Colorado. And like he's like, this Santa's amazing, but he just bags groceries on occasion the rest of the year, and then he just mints it during the end. So we we fly him out. We stay in the hotel that we give him. He has the car that we give him. He comes in on the fire truck that we gave him. You know, like it's this huge thing. And And I just thought... That is amazing. And I think it's a little bit of a, you know, hashtag life goals. You know, like I think I think that's I would love to be the beloved Santa, I think, at some point. If I could just grow a beard that that well, you know. Uh, I'd have to grow a, a hair and a beard. but uh, I, So you'd I, have, the, re- you have the real beard but no hair. Yeah. So you'd have to, you know, but, you know. but you know what? They A lot of them, and you're right, a lot of times they have uh, clothes custom made, and it's not the red suit. A lot of times they're out there in a flannel shirt or, you know, they're because it's hot being in that suit all the time. Oh, yeah. You're in the middle of the mall. It's uh, next time you're walking in the mall to Christmas time, try to figure out where they've hidden the, the fans to keep Santa cool. Sometimes they're not hidden very well. Sometimes they're very <laughs> awfully displayed. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But uh, when you're sitting there all day long and you're, you're going through all those kids, it's a, it's, a tough, uh, it's a tough gig. The pay is pretty good, uh, but in uh, and, and some of these markets, that we actually had two Santas so they could swap out because you just couldn't let the lines get too long. But... Uh, yeah, and, and but they'd both be real bearded, right. which you paid a premium for, and 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 I think it gave a better experience. And and I think one of the things that always touched me was the families that would come through and loved their Santa. Yeah. You know, like all the photos were their Santa, and they would come back and come back and come back. And and uh, I always felt like that kind of uh, loyalty to the Santa was always so cool and special because then they really had their Santa, and it was a neat thing. And, and you'd get the good Santas, you'd get bad Santas, and heck, I think, I can't wait to, I've got some, we've all got some great bad Santa stories, but uh, but some good ones. I mean, like, I had Santas that loved the camera time, loved the story time, loved the, you know, uh, we would do a big tree lighting ceremony at one of my properties, 50-foot, you know, fir tree that we'd bring in from the North Country, and, 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 just cool and you know santa be able to get up there and ring the bells and tell the stories and really make it magical which was always i don't know i think i think santas are are such an interesting animal in that it's kind of evolved from you know the the movie of the elf movie where it's you know the guy who doesn't want to be there he's wearing a fake beard and who cares to like the the kind of group that really truly loves it as a well, club and in the morning they'd get up early and go visit hospitals or they take their lunch and we'd run them over to a hospital so they could see kids and one of our favorite stories or memories as, as a family was we would always take Santa to the airport when oh no, what no, a cool me, idea we would take him to his reindeer to go back oh, to him, you know yes of course the, on the twenty fourth and uh, we would always uh, you know, they, they always had the giving trees, and you pick families and that. We would always use Santa to deliver our stuff on December 24th, and they got the real Santa coming to their house, and there were a lot of happy kids there when they'd see that. So, um, Oh, yeah, that's was, that's a cool extra yeah. feature. That's awesome. I would have never have thought of that idea. That's that's fantastic to, yeah. to deliver Santa to his reindeer. That's that's cool. You know, uh, it's funny, but there's a there's – a, a Val- Valentine. Halloween's another big time in the mall because most of the malls have – you know, trick-or-treat. It's not the ones that you're hoping to go to when you're 9, 10, 11, but when you're 3, 4, and 5, being able to do it inside, 
being able to do it, you know, with well lit, and uh, the candy's not that good, but it's just the. And I remember one year it, it snowed early. This was in Utah, and so it was a horrible night outside. And so we were expecting maybe 1,500 kids, and I think we had like 4,000 kids. Ooh. So instead of the stores handing out the cheap candy that we gave them and the, what they, you know, by the handful, they were they were doling it out two or three pieces at a time because we just had more Onesie twosies, yeah. yeah. Onesie twosies, yeah. You know, now when you get that number of people, I mean, did, did was it – because usually when you'd get the, the kind of run through of the event – it would be just like, you know, this family's walking along and that family's walking along and you'd have kind of – but when you get like 4,000, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, just one big ring, isn't it? Like it, everyone's it, in the one it, line. It, it's it, just – it's like it's a big a – It's like a cha-cha train, right? It's, yeah, it's a yeah. train. And, yeah. Uh, but you know what? It's, it's a good time of year. Everyone was happy to be there. But uh, I walked into the men's room because I needed to go to the restroom. And a lot of the parents dressed at the same time. You know, they dressed up to be with their kids. And there was a guy at the urinal dressed as Dorothy. He had gold slippers on <laughs> and a gingham dress that he had pulled up so he could do what he needed to do, had a wig on. And uh, this was when cell phones were around, and I had one. And I was thinking, how can I take a picture of this? Because you don't often see Dorothy standing in front of a urinal. How can I take a picture and leave with my teeth? Because yeah, I just think if you heard the camera flash behind Click. them, thing, <laughs> I'd have to run out. But <laughs> it was one of those double-take moments when you walk in and go, uh, I just saw Dorothy in there. So. Yeah, especially when Dorothy doesn't have to zip anything. So yeah. <laughs> just drop it and go. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe that'll become more and more common now. Uh, I don't know. May, but, uh, maybe yeah, back maybe. then it was uh, it was it was a uh, pretty funny when we when we saw that. Well, I used to I used to love to pair that event with like police departments, you know, because the fire trucks always get the you know health fair and smoke safety and you know we're the firemen and we have the dog and the police were always kind of viewed as more of the you know scary don't talk to him kind of thing and the police really were often kind and and wanted to be part of the community events but you know there was always that built-in rivalry and so it was always great for those nights to have the police to because we'd pull in a couple cruisers open it up so then the police are in the middle of the mall and while you're doing your thing then you get to see the fire you know the police truck and and then that made the firemen just a little bit jealous which helped us with those health fairs in the summer so (laughs) so it was a little good both ways but it was always fun to kind of pair those together yeah, remember when there's that big push where we were fingerprinting kids? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of help a, there, and yeah. that was a big. That was a big. I think it was an ICS. And there, wasn't there even like an ID? Yeah. Like it was, it was yeah. a fingerprinting, but then like also like a whole ID process too. Yeah, I, yeah. I could pitch which which kids were going to have their fingers in the fingerprints in the system too, but that's another story. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure those the over are under. really clear. Yeah, make sure yeah. it's clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get all ten fingers. Cause yeah, you're going to need half prints on those ones. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, they're they're, they're, that's awesome. they're sweet. They're that's good. True. Yeah, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the other ones you want to keep a close eye on it. Now the the events were always a lot of fun. Um, talking about security and and just the things that the things that happened um the uh, we had a security guard when i was in uh, it was uh in north carolina as well who wore two wedding bands two yes not just like same finger same finger same finger two one for his wife and one for dolly parton he loved dolly parton his wife oh. knew he wore the second one for dolly parton i think that was his get out of jail if if he ever Came upon Dolly Parton that he could he, could, the, he could share that he has yeah. a wedding ring to her and yeah, this yeah. is copacetic. And uh, he used to always wear cowboy boots because he loved cowboy boots. Well, so, if you loved Dolly Parton, then you too yeah. would love cowboy boots. We had a shoplifter one time, and this guy chased 
the guy over a mile who then went into a dumpster and he chased him for a mile in cowboy boots Ooh. to recover the the items that he had stolen from a regional department store <laughs> and then when he came back uh, the store did not want to press charges because he got the equipment back. After he ran a mile in cowboy boots, he wasn't happy with that decision. Yeah, and no, we need to press charges. I caught this <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah. You're welcome. I went, I went out yeah. there for a long, long way. But. Mile in cowboy boots. Yeah. What's funny is like that reminds me of going to like like a rodeo. You know, I did. I, I saw the farm handers, hands rodeo in Colorado Springs once, and you know all the farmlands hands are running around in cowboy boots. That makes me feel like watching cowboys sprint after you know young cows you know to to wrestle them down or whatever you know i never thought you could run in cowboy boots but they were and but to think of it as a mile a mile run man just my achilles alone would 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 give out that's crazy i had a manager that i worked with one time who uh he was a a bull rider on the side and i asked how he got in it and he said he you know was always fascinated by it he grew up in florida his parents owned a uh, landscaping business and what he used to do was tie a 50 gallon uh, barrel between two trees and then he would get his family to shake the ropes and he'd get up on the on the barrel and learned his balance on the barrel he said you know the big difference between riding a barrel and riding a bull and I said no and he said the barrel doesn't attack you when you fall off and I thought, yeah that's, that's <laughs> you don't have to get up really quick because this thing's turning on you yeah. I hope he figured that out before he actually got on a bull you know, it wasn't like one of those where he fell off. And he's, oh, well, dang. dang. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's after me. <laughs> I shouldn't have worn a red tie. <laughs> you know, I, I, had a, I had a great security manager that he would take. Now, I'm going to forget the date, but I was it January 5th off or 7th off? But he would take Elvis's birthday off every year. He was that kind of fan, like, sorry, sir, it's, uh, it's January 7th. Uh, I, I'm going to be out of the office. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, you know, Elvis's birthday. So I was just that was his that was his uh, every every year he'd take Elvis's birthday off, and I was like, and so now I relatively know when Elvis's birthday was because, <laughs> it, you know, it would serve me well because I actually moved to Memphis for a little while, which is where Graceland was, and so I actually understood more about Elvis than I thought I would when I got there. So it was pretty good. You know, those security guards, and we've talked about security on, on other podcasts, but you know, it's a it's an interesting job. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's trying at times. Sometimes it's just fun. But we had a security manager one time was working at, uh, uh, well, actually, a lady went up to guest services and said that her, her two children were missing. And uh, Usually code word for a lot of, like, really needy things all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 And uh, so they called the security manager up, and the first thing the security manager asked is, how old are your kids? Because, you know, that, that does sort of play into – you know the urgency and we're, and they were seven and nine and you know that takes it down a little bit of a notch yeah, because if yeah. they're two and three and they've wandered away or two and four it's one way and he said uh, what do they look like what are the names and she just started yelling and now the grandmother start yelling too and start hollering the kids names and just running through the mall hollering the names just said, said to the security guard you know why are you asking their names you just need to find them so he calmly took the escalator down right at the guest services walked into a walked into a um, game room. I think it was Aladdin's Castle. If I think those were the ones that were back there then. That was the big game room. Saw two kids playing video game and walked up to him, said, are you seven? And the kid said, yeah. He said, are you nine? He said, yeah. He said, your mother have 
uh, red hair and glasses and yell a lot? They said, yeah. And they said, come on, let's, <laughs> let's go find your mom. So I went up, and now the mother and grandmother are running through the food court, and they are, they are screaming. And he reunited them, and they were fine. They had wandered off. They obviously had some quarters, and they had a plan with what to use those quarters for. And the mother was just berating them and yell, still yelling and screaming, yelling at the security guard. And so the security guard asked him to leave. So uh, I didn't know all this story. I'm in my office. Uh, I see him waiting outside my door. And uh, when I got off my call, he came in. And he said, you know, forgive me, Father, I've sinned. And I said, what have you done? And he told me the story about this, <laughs> and that he asked him to leave. And he said, and yes, I did wave at him when they were uh, – and she was yelling at him, and I said, "Yeah, probably not the best thing probably to do." But the best move to wave yeah, at him. But and he said, "There's plenty." Of, this is before CCTV. He said, "There's plenty of can, uh, witnesses, you know, the store owners, and you know, they 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 saw what was going on, and you know." So um, while we're having this conversation, uh, my my secretary came and said, "There's a call in here. Someone has a complaint about security." So I put it on speaker. My security manager was still in there, and this lady got on the phone, and she was very very calm. And not at all what he had described. And he said, I had an unfortunate incident at your mall today. And he said, I'm sure you've heard all about it. I said, no, I haven't. And uh, so I said, you know, tell me what it is. I wasn't for sure what she was calling Especially about. since she's totally calm and yeah. placid. It's, does it this is, this is could way, be a completely different experience. Right. Yeah, it's a mall. So she said that uh, she had lost her children there and that security was more uh, interested about asking questions rather than trying to find the children. And, you know, she was going on and still being relatively calm and collected. And so uh, my security manager is listening to this whole thing, and, you know, he's sort of shaking their head at some of the things that she's saying. And I said, well, do you have your children back now? I said, yeah. And I said, are they safe? Was, did anything happen? No, they're, they're fine. And she said, but they're going to need counseling. And I said, and, and why are they going to need counseling? He said, because he asked if their mother had red hair, glasses, and yelled a lot. <laughs> and so they're, <laughs> they're upset now that that's how they describe their mother. And I said, well, ma'am, I said, I'm sorry. And the security manager, he was a retired cop, and he wrote down a piece of paper, ask if she took her medicine when she got home. So I'm thinking, well, she's already upset. I think maybe it's worth a shot. I'm not telling you this was my finest moment as a mall manager, but I actually wrote it down. And she said, yes, I did. And, uh, and so then Max said, ask her the name of her doctor. So I, he wrote it down. I asked her, and she gave me the name of her doctor. And I said, well, ma'am, I'm glad everything's okay. You know, uh, I'll look into it. And so hung up. We called the doctor, actually got the doctor. It was a county health person. And he was very, very nice, and he said, yes, when she's offered medicine, those things happen. said her husband's really good about working with her. He said, she won't call anymore, or if she does, don't take the call, because if you talk to her, she'll just keep calling back, and, you know, it'll, it'll go on. But he said, you know, I'll, I'll take it from here. So I screened my calls for a couple days, and then after a couple days, I sort of forgot about it. I thought it was gone. So I answered my phone one day, and I picked up my phone, and it was the lady, and she was off her medicine that day. And she, <laughs> Came she, back around. She really wanted to have this discussion with me in, in very excitable terms. And so we're talking, and, and there's no appeasing her because, you know, it's, it's illogical what she's arguing about. And, you know, they need the counseling. She was still on that. And I said, ma'am, I said, I'm sorry, but I said, I talked to your doctor, and they said I shouldn't be talking to you. So if you want to continue these conversations, you just might want to talk to your doctor. She said, how do you know I have a doctor? 
I said, because you gave it to me. And back then, my desk pad was actually one of those ones that had the day of the Ooh, week. Was, it, was it the full table yeah, yeah. kind of so, one where so you could write, write stuff on? Yeah, down, yeah, yeah, write stuff on, yeah. And then you never threw them away because you not, didn't know when you know what you doodled there was going to be. And I said, no, I talked to Dr. So-and-so. And, and so it made her mad. And uh, I, she kept yelling. She said, I didn't give that to you. I said, let me see if I can get him on the phone. So I tried again, and believe it or not, Two times. Twice I, you got the, I doctor? got the doctor? Oh, that's and unbelievable. And so it was a three-way call, and they were all on, on there. And he was saying, you know, just calm down. I'll call your husband. You know, but, you, you know, you can't keep harassing the business. And, and she was just – and um, then she just went off, and she, she probably yelled and screamed. And I had to look up some of the words she called me because I wasn't sure what they were. And I thought <laughs> I knew most of those. And, um, and I think she thought the doctor had, had uh, hung up. And so she just, you know – ripped into me one final time, slammed down the phone. And I was hoping the doctor was still on, and the doctor was, and he said, she will not call you again. She said, I will take care of this, and I never heard from him again. So <laughs> I don't know if they had her committed. I don't Ooh, know what. But, that's uh, a rough, rough, yeah. rough over over something as, as simple. And, and, and the thing is, when you think about in the mall, like everyone thinks that when you come to the mall and you lose a kid, you just, you know, it's like the grocery store, you know, click please look on the lookout for this. Please bring it to the front counter if you're this person. It's like, but most malls aren't really wired together for full mall dispatch of a PA system. Into the stores and that. Into every store and everything where you disrupt everything. Like, so, so everyone thinks, well, it's like a grocery store where you just push the button and you can tell everybody. It's like, it's, no, it's like, and a grocery store doesn't have, you know, 3,000 rounders in which you can hide within, you know, and so... Um, but what's crazy is is how often kids can go missing, you know, because like I had a time where even my own, I'm in my own mall as my, as a, the mall manager and it's on a Saturday or whatever and we're shopping and I've got, my kids were super young. So I think my youngest was like two or three, maybe it was three or four, maybe it was four. And we're shopping like Old Navy or something, you know, just trying to find some clothes and we're in there and, and my four-year-old goes missing, like just disappears. And we're going, like, we're looking at every rounder and Old Navy's big 20,000-square-foot store, and so there's all these little pockets, and we're searching, 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 searching. And I'm like, I'm at my own mall, and I can't find my own kid. And sure enough, he's, like, halfway down the 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 main common area concourse, like, going towards the escalator when a security officer swings by and picks him up and is like, uh, where are you going? You know, and like, and and then luckily, luckily, I figured it out by the pinpoint, got reunited. But I'm like, it's kind of embarrassing as the mall manager to have to be like, oh, thanks for finding my kid. So I, I think the longest we ever looked for a kid was over two hours, and it was scary. I mean, we had actually called the police after about ten minutes of looking because you know, yeah. And uh, they brought the mobile command post out, and we were doing all those crazy things of looking around dumpsters and well, and, we P- and PD the takes there, yeah. there's escalations right. there at certain time intervals. There's escalations there, and it's good. It's good for us because of the Amber Alerts and those right. kind of things. But it's interesting when you're in the situation how much that can escalate, how it changes quickly. Well, we found her asleep in a rounder. Uh, she crawled up underneath the rounder and was asleep and was happy as a, as a clam, and you know nothing. And it was a great relief because the last picture, the picture we were we took around to the stores, we actually made uh, Xerox copies of the pictures delivered to the store. It was her with Santa Claus, and if that had been the last picture. You know, that would have been tragic. Would have been, some, would have been bad. Yeah. yeah, it would have been bad all but, around. Uh, the, the girl was, the little girl was happy and just got tired and saw a dark place where she could go and be left alone and, and slept, so. Oh, that's uh, crazy. You know, I think we made a mistake at that mall. We had a carousel and we had a big guest service and we used to keep crayons and coloring books up there and, and we would have uh, 
carousel tokens. And, you know, some of the kids were upset, but most of them, because we kept them out in the open, they didn't go back into an office, you know, they could still see, they could still see people. And I was thinking, gee, I need to find a mall like this, because what I'll do is I'll just say, go up there and tell them you're lost. They'll let you color, and then you'll get to ride the carousel. I'll be back in 30 minutes. You know, cry, <laughs> cry a little if you need to. But, you know, just so. keep them occupied for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. And well, then I'll come back and go, oh, you found oh, me. Yeah. Thank you so much. I've been looking desperately. You know, <laughs> I checked all these stores I wanted to go to. <laughs> yeah. She wasn't in any of the she, ones I wanted she, to. She wasn't in Brookstone. She <laughs> yeah. wasn't in, uh, where's the other it's old like, ones you, know, like you couldn't Radio find? Shack, Radio Shack. Radio Shack. Shag, Brooks, Brookstone. Yeah. Uh, oh man, there was the other one. Oh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Aladdin's Castle. Aladdin's <laughs> Castle. You could totally, totally beat Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, it was Dig Dug. That oh, was Dig Dug. Yeah, yeah. Root Beer Tapper. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't know that. Oh, you have to come over to my house. Yeah, Root Beer Tapper. I got one of those upstairs. Yeah. You, oh, but that's, but you know what's funny is like parents. I mean, you, you mentioned the the eleven year old or whatever it was that jumped off the stairs and 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 broke the ankles. I mean. The best part is is these mall play areas that you put in. You know they're great, right? And they've got fall rated floorings and different pieces. But what's interesting is like how many parents you catch dropping, like going in, sitting down, getting the kids situated, and they're playing. And we're talking like four year old, six year old, or you might have a seven year old with a two year old, and it's like, and then the mom's like, all right. Peace, or the dad's like, I'm gonna go look at uh, Lego, you know, like or whatever, and they go walk over, and then they're in there just like like an hour later, and like the two year old's got to use the restroom or something, and the seven year old's like, I don't know what to do, and then they leave and they can't find the, you know, and it's like, um, you know, it's like, well, you can't, like, oh man, like we're you can't find them, and so it's it's funny how many conversations security's had to have with police. Because for an hour we couldn't find the mom because we had both kids and no parent in the play area. And what's funny is it's always the other moms that like scout it out. And it's like, that kid was a bully to my kid and I don't see a parent. And so it's like, you're like, you're playing as a security officer, you're having to play both, you know, mediating referee counselor. And you're like, I don't even work at Foot Locker. And then. You're having to like, like have the police have the conversation about like, no, ma'am, you can't go shoe shopping and just leave your kid here. That's that doesn't work. There are only two. You know? Well, and the signs clearly state that it's unsupervised. You can't, you know, you don't want the liability. You, you've got to be able to. Uh, you know, you've got to stay there and watch your own child. And and most people do it right. Oh yeah, uh, and and it's and it's a good thing. But it's funny how many stories come up with just. That kind of situation where well, you just left it. Well, this one's going to be uh, somewhat inappropriate, but we had a case one time where a lady came up to guest service and complained about a mother and her child there, and the mother was trying to nurse what appeared to be about a three-year-old child. And the three-year-old child wanted to play, and so she was chasing the child around with her breast out, <laughs> trying to get the... And, uh, no boulder holder there. <laughs> so uh, she, uh, she caused some attention... And so someone came up and complained to guest service. So guest service sent down a security officer who happened to be a, a younger, newer officer. And uh, he approached the lady and said, uh, you know, we've, we've had some complaints. And she said, this is perfectly natural. There's no reason. And they said, yeah, I agree. Uh, she said, we do have, um, we do have uh, nursing rooms if you'd like someplace more private. And she said, it's probably down by the bathrooms, isn't it? Do you eat your lunch in the bathroom? And then she pulled out a card, and the card identified her as a lactivist. 
And listen, I'm all for nursing. This is, this is nothing. And I understand that a lot of times uh, people are harassed for no apparent reasons, but this is one that uh, it, 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 it might not have uh, fit the criteria of what would have been accepted as the norm. But uh, uh, the security guard took the bait, continued to engage with her, and, you know, it just became a bigger issue, bigger issue, bigger issue. So the next weekend, uh, she, did, uh, she uh, through Facebook, had uh, started a breast in at the mall, and <laughs> over 200 people said they were going to sign up and uh, come and, and publicly nurse. And we said, well, that's great. We know where all the teenage boys will be that day because there's going to be 200 women there breast. And uh, not 200 women didn't show up. But uh, like I said, it, it's one of those fine lines. And, you know, a lot of times this stuff comes up, people don't know what to do. But probably my, my favorite of all time breastfeeding story, and there are several if you've been in the industry for a long time, you know, so, some of them when people come up and complain, you do nothing because there's nothing to do. Right, and, and some of it's very normal, and it's right. just like someone else has a complaint, but it's not it's yeah, not really so, abnormal, and it's totally okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so like I said, that, that, that other one was a little bit different because it was, it was parents at the at – the, that brought it to our attention. It wasn't someone walking by. But a person went into a store, and I don't want to say what the store was, but they had big bean bags that were very comfortable that you could sit in. And she walked into the store and uh, plopped down the bean bag and, and uh, start nursing. No cover-up, no, no nothing, just start nursing. And again, I'm not saying you need to cover up, but the store manager of said store walked over and said, can I help you? And she said, no, I'm just here to feed my baby. And he said, uh, our store has a no food, no drink uh, policy. Wrap it up. <laughs> and threw her out of the store. Oh. <laughs> and within 15 minutes, that was on Facebook. <laughs> so, oh, well, yeah. cl- and, clearly. And, yeah. and that got TV coverage. That one was, uh, <laughs> that was, and, you know, you probably did have a no drink, no, <laughs> no, no food. Well, in fairness, <laughs> you don't eat in the restroom and you don't get to eat in my store. So that, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, well, I think I think on that note, uh, we appreciate everyone's time. It's been a, I think it's been a joyful conversation today, and I think uh, lactivist or not, I think we should uh, we should get back together and talk more mall shops. So thanks for joining, and we'll we'll catch you next time. <laughs>